podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. We're well on our way towards World War One. <laughs> Hello, this is Pint of Football, urging you all to do your duty as patriotic British citizens and visit Peppa Pig World. Perfect for toddlers <laughs> is Darren Napton, with safe streets and well-disciplined schools, Andy Baxter. And I'm Tom Meadowcroft, the technology unicorn. Oh, yeah, okay. Thanks. Good evening. Oh, it's not Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing's okay. No, tell you what though, you wouldn't have got that back in 1910. So let's go back to happier times and Segway. continue, continue our search for football's strangest matches. And so far, I think it's safe to say we've had a mixture of fortunes, with the highs of Brine circus people playing on stilts. Keep and- going back to Brine. Elephants taking penalties, and the, tr- the trusted goalie. We've also the one had where the, it was a bit hot. We've had the, <laughs> well, yeah. I was just about saying then we've had the lows of the one where it was warm in Manchester, where the Stoke guys got poisoned by place, and that wasn't that much of a low. The nil nil was the game that was just nil nil was a worse low than that. One. The yeah. one where it was Sheffield finding out that there was another football club. Right, well, thankfully, we've made it to 1910, where things can only get better, because we're well on our way towards World War I. <laughs> and if history has taught us anything, a good war always makes for good stories. And I think the theme of this is going to follow en route. And if that doesn't sell it to yeah. you... I'm about to rock your world here because what's going to happen now, for the first time in these stories, we're going to leave England. We're finally finding some abroad action. And it is... Is this your World War I theme? Are we going to Berlin? (laughs) Not yet. A bit early for that. It has got a slightly war slash military theme to it, but... It is coming live at us from a place called Tony Pandy. Uh, wasn't that the well, town from Fireman Sam? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think so. It's Tony Pandy, and it is in South Wales. Mm. So we've we've left England, but not by far. But I'm I'm counting this as progress already. And the story is entitled "The Tony Pandemonium." Nice. So, yeah, exactly. Lovely wordplay. Yeah. So let's see if the story matches up. Here we go. They called it Tony Pandemonium when striking South Wales coal miners rioted and Home Secretary Winston Churchill sent in troops. But the civil unrest had barely died down when the soldiers played against the strikers at football. Ah, universal so, language, isn't it? That's, yeah, I mean, that that is back then how a lot of things seem to be solved which isn't a bad thing really we'll go back to beating you later 
Yeah. On Monday, the 31st of October, a good time to do it, about 12,000 Tony Pandy coal miners down tools. <laughs> Seems a bit many for a match. <laughs> Rolling subs. The four pits involved were members of the Cambrian Combine, if you were interested. A week later, Pickett's answered a bugle call at 4am, I don't even know what any of this means, and took to the streets in force. They posted themselves at every street corner and at the entrances of each of the four Cambrian collieries. So it's this not... is the start of the strike. They're just getting there before anyone else so they can set up a picket line so people can't cross. Ah, right. Maybe. Your guess is as good as mine. It right. doesn't really paint a vivid picture with his words. Uh, what's the name of the author again? Old Wardy. Wardy boy. But let's see if you can. Pick you it could up. just say like they got up early to <laughs> form picket lines so that no one else could cross. Well, we're about to get a bit more detail here, which you can enjoy. Sorry, guys, carry on. The pickets' violence against the collieries included raking fires from the boilers and stoning the buildings, but that was small <laughs> scale compared with the events of Tuesday evening. Shop windows were smashed and the contents were looted. Troops were called in. A detachment of the North Lancashire Regiment arrived on the Wednesday evening. Less than a week later, Major General McReady... That can't be right. Must be McReady. <laughs> McReady. That is a good name for a Major General. Major General McReady or McReady. McReady. Just call it's him McReady. McReady. For our purposes, He's... it's McReady. He's always McReady. He reported that order was restored and his report contained a reference to the evidence of normality. Can you guess what the evidence of normality might be? Football is happening. A football match between the strikers and the soldiers was played at Tony Pandy in which the soldiers were victorious. Uh, Ooh. I imagine it was an ill-tempered affair. You know, if you know, we're taking a break from the beatings to have a little kickabout, lads. I'm sure there's a few crunching tackles. It's like, um, what's that film called? Um, Longish Yard. I don't know if you've seen that. Basically, it's the prisoners against the guards in American football. And okay. obviously, the, the prisoners see it as their chance to just batter this, the officers. But it obviously, yeah, it obviously doesn't pan out like that. Yeah. Is it like yes. the, the Mighty Ducks, but grittier? Probably. I mean, I don't know how gritty... What, film what's grittier than the Mighty <laughs> I don't know how, grit, how gritty a film with Adam Sandler can be, but... All oh, right, <laughs> I'll take it back. Yeah. So what happened then? Winston Churchill got this report, and apparently he replied. I can't do a Winston Churchill accent. I don't even know what he'd sound like anyway. But he said, bloody good and put those put those taffies back in their box, right? What's there? Can't you, might, <laughs> you, you might want to uh, imagine Tom's voice there saying this. Pray consult me on any points which were to cause you embarrassment. Huh? Yeah, I don't really know what that means either. Yeah, quite the quite the drinker was Churchill. Yeah, 
Yeah, maybe. <laughs> you just send this, but Sarah doesn't make it. Send it. <laughs> send it. <laughs> I need the diamond shares of Ponty Pandy <laughs> to save my ram. I must admit, though, I do think that Tony Pandy Strikers does sound like an American third tier team. It really does. Yeah. It's it's definitely got that feel about it, hasn't it? With their star striker, Reagan Cheese Whiz. Yeah. It's uh, today's live action between the Churchill Soldiers and the Tony Pandy Strikers. So, yeah, basically, the soldiers were sent in to batter these strikers physically and then on the pitch mentally yeah i think the full the full scores 4-1 to the soldiers and each goal was heartily cheered apparently which seems odd if there was 12,000 strikers there i just i'm finding this hard to believe for the reason that on like monday they were firing bricks of magma at like the <laughs> local shops and now they're windows. having a really good-natured kickabout with the strike breakers. This yeah. seems unbelievable. Well, yeah, it's definitely not peak football, is it? No. But I think... We not get any more detail on the that... match. It's just that was it. No, just a quick sentence at the end, so it was 4-1. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, dear. Beer a while, won't we? Don't worry. I, th- I think we'll get through another two stories. Yeah. Go on then, crack them. I'm going to kill right. myself. It's still, you'll be glad to know, we've only moved on a month <laughs> to December. <laughs> so we're not even get to do much time travelling to more interesting times. But I think, Tom, I think you might enjoy this one. It's called The Election Campaign Game. The election that was decided by a football match. In Middlesbrough. In May December. 1908, I believe. 1910 December 1910. yeah so okay. I was Tom, joking do you remember <laughs> do you remember much about the 1910 elections uh no I don't know well we'll, well see. I guess we'll, we'll probably find out from this with the election campaign game here we go so we've gone from a circus to an election in three pages which I think is quite some might say it's basically the same <laughs> thing does <laughs> exactly <laughs> Exactly. Middlesbrough's home match with top of the table Sunderland. Oh, juicy. Mm. Uh, uh, t- is it Tyneside? Teenside? What is it called? Tearside? Tearside? Tyneside. Oh, I'm not sure it is. I think Tyne is Newcastle. Teeside. Oh, well, they're, okay. Sunderland is Weirside. Aren't they That's it. Weirside, yeah. Weirside. Yeah. Weirdside. Yeah. yeah. Keep that in. Weird side. <laughs> As butchering. That's like the... a sex dungeon in Sunderland. <laughs> <laughs> well, it probably is to be fair. But no, we've got the, the top of the table clash and it's a, a, a weird side derby, as we're going to be calling it from now on. And it was two days before the 1910 general election. Middlesbrough chairman Colonel Gibson Poole. Of course he is. <laughs> Good. Twice, twice mayor of Middlesbrough was standing as unionist candidate for the local constituency. Don't really know what that means. 
Is he is he back from the previous story? Are we fighting against the army again? He might be. He's come back with his medal and his scar across <laughs> his face. It goes on to say more words that I don't really know. The incumbent member of parliament, Penry Williams, a liberal. Sorry, was... Penry. Pen... <laughs> yep. Like Henry with a P. Yep. Okay. Penry Williams, a liberal, was favourite to be returned. Colonel Gibson Poole needed all the extra support he could muster, and a good win against neighbours Sunderland might swing a few votes. I don't see how. Why? Why Yeah, I mean, when, 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 when Rovers win, I am more inclined to vote for Jack Lepretzi. That's just how, just how people's minds work. <laughs> yeah, I'm guessing that guy doesn't get many votes. <laughs> the key incident, as revealed to an FA commissioner later, took place before the match. It was alleged that Middlesbrough's secretary manager, we're hearing that term again, secretary manager, doesn't seem that like is... a very glamorous job. Like, no. I'm the left back physio. Yeah, go on. Back. It does sound a bit. Ad- no, I was going to say it does sound a bit admin heavy, doesn't it? That's all. You know, it's you not, not two jobs that you want to combine. You wouldn't get Mourinho being the secretary as well as the manager, would you? <laughs> Mourinho is also the head of catering. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, drives the bus. I can see. You, I can see. Yeah. I can see him as a bus driver in another life, you know. He definitely could. That is one thing he would definitely insist on. We'll go anywhere as long as I'm driving. But we're, <laughs> we're going. We're going over to England for the Champions League. Plain it is. <laughs> Where were we? Key incident was Middlesbrough secretary manager Andy Walker approaching Charlie Thompson, who was Sunderland's Scottish international captain, and offering him thirty pounds. Sounds a bit corrupt. Let's see what this £30 was for. £10 for Thompson himself and £2 for each of his teammates and saying it was for the Colonel's sake as it would make a big difference on Monday's election. Wink, wink. This sounds dodgy as fuck. It's like stick, some Freemason shit going on. Yeah, stick your £2 in your right sock. Kiss the then, turkey's bottom. Yeah, it's very much that, isn't it? But let's see if it worked. The news of this approach soon spread through Sunderland's ranks, from captain to trainer, to a director, to the chairman. I don't know how anyone knows that was how it got, that was the sort of way it went, but it did. And More artistic licence from Wardy there, isn't it? Yeah, that's it. He's trying to think of all the possible roles he can think of. And he, he's, he's done a hierarchy and gone, this is exactly the way it would have gone. Yeah, it, it was reported to the FA and... They agreed it was an illegal approach. <laughs> they had to think about that, you know, they had to discuss it. It's quite tame compared to the illegal approaches we get in football and politics nowadays, though. I imagine this was definitely done, like, in the centre circle before the match, the presenting <laughs> of the £30 notes. We heard the bag of cash, yeah, definitely. <laughs> bag of cash is only 30 quid. He had to make it look more um, more glamorous. This is a huge a big, big sack. brown sack with the word swag written on it. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe he had it changed into pennies so it could look a lot more. A little harder to disguise that, though, going on the pitch with that. So let's see what happened. 
Colonel Gibson Poole and Andy Walker were suspended permanently from football and a separate FA commission investigated the Middlesbrough club in more detail and found distinct and flagrant, is that a word? Flagrant. flagrant. Yeah, that's yeah. a word. Distinct and flagrant tampering with the books that same season. Up to no good. There were two results to announce. On the Saturday, Middlesbrough won the goal, won the game by a single goal. On the Monday, what do we think? The big election. Did he win? Can the Colonel Gibson Paul win? Um, well, the other guy was the favourite, wasn't he? So it'd be a bit of a shock. Henry Wilson. Pen- <laughs> Good Henry old Henry. Yeah. I'd vote for someone well, called Henry. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how much the people of Middlesbrough in 1910 would have wanted a Liberal up there, but I don't know. Who knows? Colonel Gibson Paul went down by 3,745 votes. Wanker. Whee. And apparently this was impacted by the fact there was no Labour candidate at the election. Or, as Mr Ward says, perhaps the 1-0 victory just wasn't enough to swing the votes. He's, he's reaching a bit there, isn't he? But that's OK. <laughs> I don't know about that one. No. No, I mean, I, I can believe it happened, but I just think the guy was a bit of a mug. I don't see how you can attach a football victory to yourself. It might. Was that his policy, that if they vote for him, more wins will happen? All win. yeah. yeah. I think... This this last story is short, but it is definitely worth the wait. It better be bloody short. It is short. Let's crack on. And mm. this one is called Death of a Referee. Yes. You see, I feel like we should dedicate more time to this, but okay, we'll have a go. We'll have a go. And we're back in Wales for more violence in, <laughs> in Wattstown. Are we ready for this? The valleys of South Wales have never been an easy territory for soccer referees. <laughs> <laughs> now that's putting it lightly, considering the title. Yeah. Heavy. It's also it's also just vague enough, isn't it? They've never had it easy. Up until now, none of them have actually been killed. But put it this way, it's never been it's a breeze. severely maimed. Heavy, muddy grounds, intense rivalries, fervent supporters and players who usually had their origins in a rugged coal mining environment. Sounds, again, it's like in the last one where he was talking about the Scots having never faced the sun before. He's assuming any Welshman is from the coal mining environment. Yeah, they're all miners in the sort of countryside. I think this guy lives in, like, Sussex. And has never like gone outside the southeast, and he's got like this idea of other places in England that he got from like medieval fantasy novels. It could be. It's 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 very cute. The old chestnuts about what's in the game for referees: a small match fee, expenses, and a decent funeral. <laughs> <laughs> so if ever you wondered why non-league refs persist on getting paid 30 quid a week for that you don't know what yeah. else they're getting it's, it's, they're playing the really long game 
Yeah. <laughs> He'll be in this at the end, lads. It'll yeah. be all worth it. But joking when aside, when you see the buffet. Joking aside, we shouldn't joke really because it does turn sour when we consider the case of William Williams of Paul. Yeah, nothing funny about that. Mm. His middle name's Ernest, to be fair. <laughs> yeah, so the guy William who's Ernest from Williams. <laughs> William Ernest Williams of Porth near Pontypridd. Willie Ernie Willie. On 15th of March 1912, Williams refereed a game at Wattstown where Abraham. What? No. Abraham. That is a weird name. Abraham Athletic were the visitors. After the game, Williams was brutally attacked while washing himself in the dressing room. He died <laughs> as a result of the injuries. Oh, don't yeah. don't don't hit a man while he's washing himself. <laughs> Please washing. Jesus. Yeah, no one wants to be beaten while naked. Well, while maybe Willie, not no Willie, one. While but... Willie Willie was washing his willy. <laughs> The player responsible, Hansford of Wattstown. <clears throat> when he does that, I always think that was his title, but it's not. It's just... <laughs> Hansford of Wattstown was arrested and remanded Murdering for trial. Scandal. Yeah, he got arrested and he was sentenced to stoning. One month's imprisonment for manslaughter. Oh my god! <laughs> wow. So One... they moan about like uh, they moan about tiny sentences for killing people these days. A That's month. Funny. I like how we only have to, have to miss one or two games as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All the rest of the all the rest rest of the referees for that season just wore like medieval armor. <laughs> oh yeah, give them a wide berth. So, yeah, he went to prison and several months later, William's mother attempted to recover £200 from the South Wales FA in an action under the Workmen's Compensation Act. (laughs) Fair enough. I think that's absolutely fair, yeah. You certainly don't feel like justice has been done here, do you, at this point? Did it it end in a good result for her? The case Uh, heard at Pontypridd County Court ruled that the referee's contract with the association was not a contract of service and anyway, he was paid by the clubs, not the FA. Brutal. That is very harsh. That's not our fault, lads. But if ever you want a moral of the story, this is what the judge had to say with his closing statement. Had the referee been killed during the game, it might have been a different story. Damn. Yeah. If if ever you're going to become a referee, guys, make sure if you get murdered, it's during the match. Because otherwise, you don't know if your life insurance will pay out. That's all I'm saying. And I like to think that a pint of football, we're able to offer life advice to people, as well as light humour and stories of Welsh referees being slaughtered. The pint of football have a death in service payout. <laughs> I'll have to review everybody's official employment contracts. I wonder if it's right. only oh. if, if it happens specifically during a recording. <laughs> 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 
as much as I would love to discuss the terms of your employment, we've only got two minutes left. So let's wrap this up and forget this conversation ever happened. I do not want any of you trying to sue me at any point. I'll do my funny, funny joke. I say, I say, I say, Darren and Andrew. I've got a Polish friend who's a sound technician. I've got a Czech one too. <laughs> I like that. Good. Yeah. Till next time. Podcast Network. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, oh,